The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Catel Marte. I don't even have the words to finish that sentence because I'm so beside myself that Catel Marte has just gone down with some sort of apparent hamstring injury and has broken my heart. And on the one hand, I don't want to talk about it. And all I want to think about is the master starting tomorrow because that will potentially make me not think about Cattell Marte getting injured. But this is a minor league baseball podcast, so we're not going to talk about the Masters for an hour to distract ourselves. We're going to talk about our man Nate Handy coming on the podcast again, joining me again tonight on the On the Farm podcast, not the Cattell Marte cry party. This is the On the Farm podcast, we're going to talk about hopes and dreams, not the ones that were just shattered, some ones that have yet to be shattered, because that is all that baseball is every day, shattered dreams. Anyway, cry with me, Nate. How you doing tonight, buddy? I am I am doing well now. I am happy to be back. Thank you. Uh, it's been a very long week for me, and this is kind of a nice reprieve from all of that. Sorry yeah, about Sorry about your nice or your nice, your not nice uh, Marte news. Yeah, I have, zero, I have zero shares, but I feel for you. You have zero shares. I have one hundred percent shares. Nada. Literally one hundred percent shares of all the leagues that I actually am invested oh. in. One hundred percent, dude. That's one hundred percent sucky. Yeah, it's awful. I guess this is the karma for me getting Nate low for pennies and having yeah. him explode. And I'm just yeah. sitting there. And then I was I was celebrating my Dylan Carlson Grand Slam today, feeling great about that in some garbage time minutes after Pablo Lopez got the short stick today. Jeez, he pitched he pitched a heck of a game and one little home That's run so by Yadier Molina. And it's all thanks for the loss, Pablo Lopez. Thanks for the loss. Yeah. The only thing that helps in that situation is having Yadi on your team as well. Yeah. Which which happened to me in one league. 
Yeah, it's not it's not bad. I mean, you need a catcher. He's out there. He's doing it. I mean, he got that ball good. It was solid. That was literally the only mistake Pablo Lopez made all day. It was a wild game to watch. Him and him and Flaherty went at it. Went at it for sure. It was a good it was a good little duel until well until things broke way open and no one would think of it as a duel if you saw the final score. But right. What uh what what other games you've been watching to uh, get through this week? Well, not as many as I've been wanting to, but I have a nice uh, reprieve from my for my new job here. Uh, but I have definitely watched most of the White Sox innings and then uh, just kind of hopping around, seeing who's pitching against who and just playing that game. Yeah, it's been, uh, yeah. It's, been a, it's been a good week, I would say, so far. I mean, it's been some fun things happening around baseball. There's been some, some stories continue, some some breakouts, some uh, – most I definitely, definitely. Am, yeah, I'm definitely excited about. Uh, how do you actually say his last name? Is it Mick Mahan? Is it McMahon? Is it just Ryan McMahon who's just hitting ding dongs out in Colorado? Ryan McMahon. Yep. McMahon. Yeah. What a what a night last night, huh? Yeah, three taters. That was nice. I mean, yeah. all you got, all you got to do to for these Rockies is give them a uh, plate appearances, and they hit. Yeah. Well, unless you're Brendan Rogers or. <laughs> Uh, I wasn't, wasn't going to talk about Brendan Rogers. I'm already <laughs> sad enough. How dare you? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know how well my teams are doing as a whole, but they have definitely been hitting home runs. Home runs has not been an issue for me. I think I got a 20 team that's sitting on like 17 or 18 home runs right now, and that's it's pretty good for a week. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, everything else is horrible, but hey, I'll hang my hat on that. Yeah, you're just you're a three true outcome fantasy player. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, what a just roller coaster. I mean, tis the sport of baseball and fantasy baseball roller coaster of emotions. But how about uh, your mean Mercedes? Yes. Holy, holy. Wow. Mr. Benz. Yes. I mean, maybe we'll talk about him later or should we just talk about him now? Yeah, no, I think we should just go right into it because otherwise I'm just going to talk about Cattell Marte for an hour. Um, okay. And so well, let's, let's let's talk about it. Yeah, well, what we're doing today, just so we give people some, some a little <laughs> bit of context, uh, we are uh, we're going to do a little, I'm not going to say three up, three down because that's the name of a podcast with Ralph Lipschitz and Joe Drake, yeah. and we're not going to take that. So we're going to say three balls and three strikes. I don't know. We got three. We're, we're each bringing to the table three prospects. winners and three losers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, yeah. I guess we'll see. We'll hash it out a little bit. But three guys we like. Three guys we're down on. Uh, some of them are, you know, you haven't seen in the major leagues yet. Some of them have just come up, you know, trying to keep it relatively prospect oriented, but at the same time don't have too much, you know, prospect stuff that isn't happening in the major leagues right now. So yeah, I think we can, I think we can talk about it, man. What, uh, what have you been enjoying when it comes to your, your men Mercedes? Um, so I have, I mean, it's kind of a somewhat of a joke, but mostly kind of serious for, I mean, since last spring in the prospect one chat room community online community, which is fantastic and a great group of guys. I have kind of been, I, my avatar or name or whatever has been 
uh, your man Mercedes themed for about a year. Things like Andrew Vaughn's owner's worst nightmare, um, the Urminator, whatever, just stuff like that. And uh, just to see him make the team finally was very exciting for me. And then this eight for eight was just, I mean, it brought tears of joy literally to my eyes when what hits five, six, seven, eight. Um, So yeah, that was, that was fun. I've kind of had it as a possibility or dream fantasy dream of mine that uh, he maybe becomes the full run DH and the Eloy injury. Maybe that happens now. Yeah. I mean, it's always good to, uh, it's always good to, I mean, you never want to see injuries happen. Right. But when, you know, without an injury, we wouldn't have gotten Lou Gehrig's debut. Right. So, I mean, injuries are, they're an opportunity for somebody else. And it is always nice to see somebody step, especially someone like him, who's just been grinding for so long. And yes, you know, he's sort of a, he's, he's a bit of a, he's a bit of a thick boy. And yeah. he's just been toiling around in the minor leagues. He's like so, a trimmed down thick boy now. Yeah, he's he got a little, the, he worked on it a little. Little cut. He's a little cut thick. Yeah, yeah. this bowling ball of contact. Yeah. So I mean, so what was what put you on to to Mr. Mercedes uh, before you know the eight for yeah. eight? Yeah. Uh, I mean, just the fact that is a guy who can hit, um, and this that's the thing, like. People will look at him and, oh, a 28-year-old rookie, whatever, ha, ha, ha. But uh, I think, I mean, if you look at, like, the last three years or so, there's always, I mean, some of the best rookie seasons have come from guys that are, like, 26 to 28 years old. And they don't get on the list and all that. And I think it's kind of a miss, in my opinion, or at least an opportunity for some really nice value players i mean yet jared walsh Cronenworth, gonsolin means wendell mcneil the last three years i don't were they high on prospect lists were they sought after because of where they weren't sought after because of age so i don't know so so that interests me but then uh, like i said just the fact that he could hit playing time where he would play was obviously always kind of the thing and the downfall but when you can pick a guy up for free in leagues and stash him I was all about it I felt if he got a run he could do something I mean not eight for eight or batting 600 or whatever he is right now but non-zero chance of getting a a solid piece there and at the time when I picked him up he was catcher eligible so that was like Hey, it, the bar is low. Let's go. That one at bat last year sucks, but maybe he gets it. He's a better he's a better catcher than he gets credit for. If you watch him this spring, blocking was fantastic at times, and he's got a cannon. He was throwing out guys that he shouldn't be. I don't know if he's consistent enough to be an everyday catcher, but I think he gets some run. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely – he was a very popular stash of mine in the uh, Dynasty Baseball uh, Championship, uh, the Prospects nice. Lives runs. Yeah, I, I, he was – you know, I think you, you bring up a very good point about 
how we like to forget. You know, it's like, oh, he's over 30 in Dynasty, so whatever, he's valueless. And, and yeah. the, the prospect world, that number number seems to be like 24. You know what I mean? Like 24-year-old and still have yet to materialize and everyone just sort of gives up on you. But a lot more can come down to opportunity uh, than than talent sometimes, you know, and it just takes the right opportunity and for that person to capitalize a little bit and show a little bit. I mean, Cronenworth is a great example, man. I mean, Cronenworth clearly just needed run, as you said, you know what I mean? Like Cronenworth really just needed the ability to, to play uh, for a few longer stretches of the bats. And it all came together with that, uh, with that change of scenery. Walsh, you know, Walsh, Walsh was a two-way player. So he was splitting his time. And he was uh, not necessarily able to dedicate the, I mean, he was living on, on like a crazy violent swing and he had, he ripped up the PCL in, in 2019, but you know, it's sort of like the, you got all these, there's a lot of little factors that can delay a prospect's debut from beyond that typical time that we'd like to see for the sweet spot of value, I guess, in the fantasy world. And, Right. You got you got to pay attention to those dudes. I mean, you know, Walsh had a little swing change last year and was focusing entirely on hitting for a while, and yeah. it all came together. And he's he's started well this year as well, as has Cronenworth. And you know, it's just, I mean, I aged a lot between twenty four and twenty eight, and I would say the twenty eight year old version of myself was considerably more level headed and knew how to like put in the work and not get frustrated. And my twenty four year old self was, you know, basket case. So. Yeah. that there's we like to forget about the mental side of the game i think um and yeah it's 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 yeah. something that uh well the the irony with him too is i mean he just doesn't try to do too much and that has done a lot you know just play coverage is amazing the hits that he's been getting too lot a lot of them on two strikes and a lot of them on good pitches, good pitches in the zone. He doesn't really chase. He'll take walks. But Tani made him look a little silly, but that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's going to happen. Otani. Otani's <laughs> going to make a few people look a little silly. Yeah. Yeah. No. Most definitely. But, yeah. But, I mean, and that's the, this age thing with, with dynasty players is it's interesting. It, you know, there's 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 several components to it, like uh, college versus prep guys. I, I think the thinking is like you get a prep hitter or whatever, and like you're gonna get like all these more years of production from them. When in reality, they hit the bigs maybe on average a year, year and a half younger in actual age than college guys. The the fantasy peak years, there's really no difference. And so I don't know. And, and like, what, what are you, what are you really chasing? Like what's the, what's the longest a dude has like produced at a high level on your actual team? Like, are we really looking at 10 year windows of this guy being on your team? I mean, I think most of the time you're talking about three or four year runs. So like, what's the difference in a 26 year old rookie versus a 28 year old or 24 versus 26? Like, it's pretty negligible in my opinion. Yeah. You get zero points for their age. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter what their age is when it comes down to the production. So, 
as long yeah. as they're as long as they're on your team and they're producing. And I mean, you know, it's it's just nice to see. I think we're. T- I mean, Yastrzemski is another version of this, right? Like Yastrzemski, yeah. Yastrzemski yeah. took forever to materialize into the player he is, and but he's evil to me, so I don't like to talk about him. Oh, oh. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> we'll have to save that for another pod. I'm curious about that one. No, no, but you're right. You're right. It, 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 the, this dream of getting the guy who's going to debut when he's 19, 20 years old and be a superstar for this chase for that outlier, uh, it provides an opportunity for, I don't know, but maybe less ambitious uh, owners to gobble up a lot of value. Absolutely. And then, you know, the big swing comes when that person comes up at 22 because that's the opportunity that they have and they fall on their face Mm -hmm. and uh, you can capitalize on that. I mean, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Mike Trout came up and his debut was bad. Mike Trout's debut was bad. I got him. I got him real cheap the next year because someone was like, ah, must not must not be the case that he's that he's actually good. And then the other side of that coin is like, you know, Mercedes. You look at these minor league numbers dating back to, I mean, honestly, man, you can go back to 2016 in single A for Baltimore when he hit 350, slugged 579. Then he followed that up with uh, some high A stuff at 318, 542. And then until his debut, he's just hitting 295, 289, 327, 310. He he caps it off with the 2019 310, 386, 647. Like he clearly, he's not striking out. He's never struck out more than uh, at a 20% rate. That's never happened. His highest was 19.1. And, uh, and he's, he's walking at a 10% clip. So he's, he's really like, he can command the zone and Very still much. get to that power. And the power but, wasn't something that just showed up in 2019 yeah. because of the rapid ball. No. And the ironic part is this one home run was a pretty defensive uh, swing. And I think it was on two strikes, but I, I think he had choked up a little bit and, Toned down his little leg kick and just put good contact on it and it went. So yeah, I don't. He's. I think if if the playing time is is the thing, but I mean, if he's in there, I think a lot of positive things are going to happen. And if he gets that catcher, I mean, why could he not be a top three fantasy catcher? I think it's possible. You know, absolutely. There's the the, the pathway to being a top three fantasy catcher is not. I mean, it's difficult. Don't get me wrong, but it's not. There's not that many guys ahead of you, and it it really can happen. It's so it's a little bizarre that he. I believe in my fan tracks only world, uh, fan tracks only, uh, my fan tracks leagues that he's a uh, utility only. I guess, but that sort of depends on on the you can juice the uh, the eligibility there. So it seems like maybe he hasn't hit that. But right. yeah, and there was an interesting to your right. point about the two strikes. There's an interesting. Uh, tweet by Mike Curland, who sort of profiled the uh, the two strike approach change, and yeah, he uh, he definitely tones down the leg kick. He uh, he does a lot of things differently to account for that two strike situation, and yeah. you know you can see it in the stat lines, yeah. you can see it in his uh, in his stance. But it's fun right now, man. It's yeah, it's a lot and, of fun. And some of his first strike swings are are large. <laughs> He wants to destroy something, but I, he's just smart. He's a smart hitter, and he's got to be the kind of guy who's gonna constantly do positive things offensively, or he's got no he's got no time. 
you know so yeah no i'm i'm big on i mean if you can acquire mercedes at this point you definitely should definitely take a flyer on him yeah uh if he if he gets catcher eligibility honestly it's a wrap like i think he's going to continue to hit and i don't see any reason you know unless things again like i I, it seems like he's got a floor here right like he's he's got average he's got contact he's got walks he's got less you know not that many k's so the floor there is pretty solid and i mean he hasn't even he's just shown off the contact right now right he's not smashing home runs but he definitely has that ability yeah and he has a lineup with a lot of young players that there's no promise they're gonna do well the whole year and uh the second catcher is not proven defensively and has some has had had a rough game last night defensively. So no, no, he's a uh, he's obsessed my mind a little bit lately. <laughs> I was uh, I'm going to digress here a little bit, but I'm I'm working in mental health again after a long break, and uh, sometimes situations get you know unsafe and you have to intervene right you do this training for it they give you theories and you know the practices that you and it's this nice you know book how you should go and i was in a situation today that got you know physical and this is how upset i started thinking about your men mercedes and (laughs) how we try to plan things out five years at a time in these dynasty leagues and how it never ever looks that way or works that way. But yet, I don't know, we're still like obsessed with it in a sense. And I don't know, reality is very different than the theory. Yeah. And I think, I mean, it'd be amazing if you, uh, like I have, you know, if you were to tell people like, oh, no, I'm playing in a redraft league, um, but there's 10 minor league spots and you can keep 20 guys. You know what I mean? Like what would people would people change just because the word dynasty is not attached to it, just because the word keeper is not attached to it? It's like, no, no, it's a redraft league. We redraft some players every year and we just yeah. happen to have some minor leaguers and we got yeah. some rules about that. And you, know, you can keep a few dudes or whatever. And yeah, yeah, you should really you should be going for it because I think people just get tied up in the dynasty thing. I think people really. They, they, they think that that's what the goal is, is to create that. And they forget that you can really just turn and burn and capitalize on the guys that come up out of nowhere who don't have the, for whatever reason, they're not making high up on the prospect list. I mean, one of the guys that I wanted to talk about tonight, I feel like it's not as, you know, there's some similarities when it comes to Mercedes, but um, it's Zach McKinstry of the, of the Dodgers. And I mean, he was like, Do- a, like 30 some round pick, right? Yeah, 33rd. I think, I think that has, yeah, I mean that has a lot to do with it, right? You you get these small school guys or J two guys that don't sign for a lot, they don't get on a list right away, and I don't know for whatever reason that's the, the beginning of slipping through a lot of cracks. And but like, hey, any name that gets on a forty man roster, I'm like, okay, let's go. Like the door is open now. There's there's at least enough like for that by the yeah. organization. I think the 40 man. I'm sorry. Really... I totally interrupted you. So I'm sorry. Oh, dude, <laughs> oh no, you're totally fine, man. Uh, you're totally fine. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, 
the 40 man is really you should be watching that as a dynasty player trying to find diamonds in the rough trying to find production in the rough trying to find free dingers singles whatever because it it, a lot of it doesn't matter where they were drafted it doesn't matter how much they signed for if someone is willing to take a shot on them and give them major league at bats i mean you, you really have to pay attention to that because that is the major league roster that they are giving. They're not giving that position to someone else. I think, I think Akil Badu is a great, is a great example of yes. this as well. Like great that he was taken into rule five this year. And I think it's easy to think about the rule five as like castoffs, but they have to get one, you know, something about the rule five that I don't know if a lot of people know about is that you have to play them in the major leagues. You have to keep them on their, on your roster. They go back to the other team. And so I'm thinking about um, Akil Badu. I'm thinking about Luis Oviedo for the Pirates, who now is coming out of the pen, throwing some pretty nasty stuff, like looking pretty good so far. Uh, There are, you know, Johan Santana was a rule five pick. There's someone wanting that that player and also someone wanting that player knowing that they're going to have to roster them at the major league level and actually play them or they're just going to go back. Granted, sometimes teams, you know, they have a low pick, you know, maybe it's whatever, take a shot at them, send them back, no skin off our back. But those first five to 10 picks in the rule of five drafts are really something to pay attention to. And when, when a guy is put on the, the 40 man, especially for a team like the White Sox, like the White Sox are going for it. The White Sox are in the mix. The White Sox should be competing for that division title. They're given that due to roster spot. That is, that's an important piece of information. McKinstry is the same way. I feel like we could talk for days about all of the prospects that the Dodgers have. They have an incredible amount. They're ridiculously deep. I didn't really hear too much about McKinstry. I didn't hear too much about him at all until spring training. Like, Oh, maybe, maybe McKinstry's going to, he can play multiple positions. Maybe he's like a, he's like the reincarnation of Max Muncie, who was by the way, a cast off from the Oakland athletics, like it opportunity and the ability to make it work and and be recognized by a major league team is is just not something you can discount and mckinstry is he's similar he's he's 25 you know he uh he's just an old <laughs> it's no it's not old it's very young i wish i was 25 Holy <laughs> Lord. um you know like and he's uh granted you know pcl juice ball caveats all that stuff yeah. it, in 95 games uh, and I'm sorry, in, uh, in 26 games in AAA in 2019, McKinstry hit 382, 421, 753. And that was coming off a double A, you know, stretch of 95 games, which is obviously a little bit more, you know, representative, I feel like. 279, 352, 455, you know, uh, walk rate hovering around 10%, a lot of big walk rates in, in some stops in the minor leagues. And, uh, you know, his K percentage is not an issue. It's, again, like hovering right around that 20%. And apparently he can play multiple positions, and he has so far. He's a yeah. dude that you, you're going to want to get onto the roster because the Dodgers, who are very stingy with their playing time, yeah, uh, are willing to give him a, a spot. And, I mean, they're giving him that spot over Kieber Ruiz. They're giving him that spot over a whole mess of dudes who, you know, like – so just pay attention. I think, you know, yeah. what is uh, – what does Ray Butler at Prospects 365 say? Like when teams tell you how they feel about a player with the rostering or the moves or the trades, you need yep. to listen to them. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I mean, what, what is it, what's the clever saying? Like opportunity is the first ability or availability is the first. I don't know. 
something yeah, like that. Something like that. But both <laughs> those versions, I, I appreciate. I think that they're, yeah, they're they're important. You yeah, pay I, attention. Uh, McKinstry, and that's, I mean, this is this is my angle. That's my angle. That, that's my type of player that I, I love, and I uh, I totally kind of whiffed on him. And I, Jonathan, I'm sorry, I have to eat some crow. I gave. My buddy Jonathan a hard time about him when he picked him, but I was way wrong. <laughs> and I, like you were saying, I just didn't think I just didn't think the Dodgers would would give him some run. But it's, it's fair. It is. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's fair to to and you know it's always good to recognize your mistakes. I actually sure. uh, let's see one of the articles I wrote in the preseason was about avoiding Nate Lowe at his ADP, and I I, I would have been there with you a thousand percent as well yeah and hey i got him for i got him basically for free in all the places that i have him i got him for like a buck in the salary league and i picked him up off waivers in the 12 teamer and let's see i have him somewhere else too i have him in my minor leagues in 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 the dynasty that i'm in or whatever the deep dynasty but you know uh and i i I did yeah i would have said avoid him at his adp but like still pay attention right and you got to get the value mckinstry is a great I just liked everything I've seen from him when he comes to when it comes to watching the Dodgers games. I mean, he seems to know what he's doing at the plate. He seems to not be overwhelmed. He seems to be under control. He's he hasn't he's not played a heck of a lot yet. He's played in five games, but hitting 400, you know, he's got a home run, got some doubles. But I guess that home run was a little because nah, Tapia <laughs> Tapia didn't uh, didn't catch it. But anyway, he, yeah. he would have yeah. at least it was a hell of a, you know, it was, a, it was a, the ball was hit hard. Yeah. And so it would have been at least a double or, and, you know, and it, would, it was tracking to leave the park before Tapia brought it back in and then crumpled in a heap. He'll get gypped one down the line. So it all, it all even out. Yeah. It all evens out in the end, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, McKintree's a, a dude that I just want to make sure people are uh, checking out and that he's getting at bats on the best team in baseball. Huh? I don't think that, I don't really think that's debatable, especially with Tatis going down and um He's performing and he can play multiple positions right now in Yahoo. He's only utility eligible, which just makes me very upset because Yahoo gives away position eligibility, like Girl Scouts give out cookies, but um, you know, he'll, he'll get second, third, short. He's going to get all those, all those positions by the end of it. Cause they're just going to move him around and he's probably going to have outfield too. He's just like, he's the next version of Chris Taylor, but maybe a little bit better. He's the next version of Max Muncy, but maybe a little bit worse, you know? Yeah. yeah. So McKinstry is someone that I am, high on right now and i i think people should should go check him out and if you you know if you just lost Cattell Marte to injury go check out mckinstry because i think he's gonna have second base eligibility soon um or infield eligibility of some kind so you know that's these are the things you gotta watch out for yeah i'm with you yeah all right well let's let's switch gears then let's let's do a little up and a little down uh who uh who are you down on right now who's someone that you're like man nah, i don't want anything to do with that uh i'll start with i'll start with one of one of my guys uh nick madrigal but i'm not i'm not like i'm not in panic mode or anything like this uh i still think there is 200 plus hits, you know, stolen bases, potentially long career there. That can happen. But he is, he's, he's not a polished major league player as a whole at this point, I don't think. Last year, there was a lot of just dumb base running on his part. 
And then defensively has not been good this year. He's had a couple of, I don't even know if some of them were just blunders. Um, some were airs or maybe just one air, but they're big. They like lost the game and just kind of short term. I'm, I'm not real big this year with Lasorda and Leary Garcia there and stuff like that keeps that keeps happening. I don't know if you could hang on to the second base job all year. He's a young player. It's the beginning of the year. Might just be an overreaction, but I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of worried about him. Well, let me tell you how not worried I am about Nick Madrigal. <laughs> I am so not worried about Nick Madrigal that I started a Twitter handle called Mr. Spelled like the word, the number three, and then the, the word thousand. Mr. Three thousand and it's just a countdown to nick madrigal getting three thousand hits um and i think everyone should follow that because it's hilarious and i'm I'm manually updating it every time he gets his little singles (laughs) mr nick mr nicky with the singles but uh but no i mean this list you know uh la russa not the sort of time of the sort um that's all that's all good (laughs) the time of the sort of would probably be worse than la russa at this point frankly um considering that he's deceased um (laughs) but uh (laughs) but yeah i mean it's a concern and you know madrigal was supposed to be uh, you know this is this is imperfect but i'll say it anyway he's sort of supposed to be the mike leak of of second base prospects do you know what i mean like he's he's a he's a he, he was supposed to like you said he's not polished he was supposed to be he was supposed to have you know right a profile that lacked a certain amount of pop, obviously, but a profile at the plate that wasn't, was already ready for the major leagues. I mean, they brought him up quick and he absolutely annihilated the minors with, with what he does. And, you know, he was also one of the reasons that he was taken fourth overall, right. I believe fourth, um, at least in the top five, one of the reasons he was taken that high is because his defense was also supposed to be above average. So not only was he sort of a high floor player that had a skill set that, you know, was, like a different version of, you know, Williams Astadio or, or Luisa rise. His contact percentage this year is still sky high. It's still in the top five. Yeah. Um, he hasn't done too much. He does. He's definitely doing his little one for three stuff, but yeah, I mean, I've seen some of those bobbles and he just doesn't look, he doesn't look comfortable, no. I guess is the word, you know, and if you don't look comfortable and Tony LaRusse is your manager and you got, yeah, someone lurking around like uh, Garcia, it's, yeah. it's definitely cause I mean, for concern. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, like, Garcia is someone that – I mean, he'll get his run. He plays more than, I don't know, maybe a lot – some people think. But if Madrigal is not helping them win games, then, again, it's just a week. But he's doing the opposite. And I don't know if there's a long leash for that with this team this year. Yeah. So, but I'm, I'm with you on the 3,000 countdown. Let's do it. Yeah, dude, I love it. I gotta, I gotta bet with one of my buddies that he's gonna get to three thousand hits. If I lose, I have to give up nice. my uh, my team name for a whole year. But that's oh, all right. He's that's he's a- he's terrible at <laughs> teams. I'm not worried about it. Nice. Yeah, he's. We, we do this. We all do right. this. We do this every year. Where the first game of the season, we play each other the first week of the season, and then whoever whoever wins gets to name the other dude's team for for a week. That's a good um, bet. Yeah, it's fun. It's a, it's a nice little tradition. We'll see what happens this year. I'm currently winning, but hey, I just lost Cattell Marte, so anything can happen. Yeah, yeah. Anything can happen. How about you? Who are you down on? 
Uh, you know, guys that I'm down on right now. I'm down. Well, let's see. I don't know which one to start with, but I'll, I guess I'll just start with. Uh, I'm down on Jared Oliver. I'm, uh, and I think you know I've been down on him for a while. Ever since I started writing about prospects, he was a guy that I you know saw some saw some tape on, saw some at bats on, saw the stat line, saw what he did in the Arizona Fall League, and saw a little bit of the hype that was coming through on him, and really just not seeing it. And not seeing, it seems to me that some his value is going to be almost entirely tied to stolen bases, and he's he just, you know, the idea is that there's maybe some pop in there that has yet to really materialize that started to show its face at the, and uh, the Arizona Fall League when he played well, and I guess I'm just I'm not there with him. I don't I don't think that there is enough. I don't know. He just doesn't have enough of a lot of skills that I look for. He doesn't, I doesn't, he doesn't, he just comes up short a little bit on contact, comes up short a little bit on power, comes up short a little bit on, on you know, sort of approach and the ability to get on base. And then where he really shines through is steals. And I feel like that's what's carrying the profile and what's carrying a lot of, uh, a lot of his value to dynasty players is this, uh, the steals ability. And it's a little tricky to know exactly, you know, when we're talking about listening to a team, when they tell you how they feel about a player, they brought him up at the end of last year. He fell on his face. I'm not taking any, you know, I'm not taking anything from that. That's just a cup of coffee and a weird COVID year, but I don't really, I don't really know exactly how, what the pirates are doing in terms of, are they just going to keep everyone down for service time? I think the answer is yes. So I don't really, I don't know how much to read into the fact that he's sort of not really, you know, coming up and not really being a part of the, the major league team. So I, I sort of need to leave that alone, but I just, it's just not a profile I like. And it's the kind of thing where if he comes up and if his, if he's mainly carried by steals in the fantasy world in terms of his value, well, then you're looking at, you want to talk about windows of production, man. Then you're talking about three, four years max. And, yeah. uh, and it's the kind of thing that could just be obliterated by a, by a managerial change, you know, like, let's say two years from now, Derek Shelton is not worked in Pittsburgh for whatever reason. They want to bring in somebody new and that somebody new just doesn't really believe in stealing all the time or letting dudes run or whatever it is, you know, then all of a sudden his carrying fantasy skill or talent or, you know, production level, is just hacked into. And, and if, if that goes and what you're left with is sort of like a two sixty hitter that doesn't steal and, you know, struggles to get to 10 home runs in the major leagues. And I just, that's just not someone outside of the deepest leagues that's going to have much value. And even in a deep league, it's going to be replacement level value. It's going to be, ah, he's a starter. So I'll play him. So yeah. all of us, just someone that I, you know, there's, there's a lot of people out there like him, but he's just someone I've always been down on. And I, I'm anxious for him to, to come up and frankly, to prove me wrong, I'd love for him to prove me wrong. Um, I'd love for him to be fantastic and the power to be real and all those things. Cause obviously, you know, Pirates fan, but um, I'm just not seeing it. Like I'm just much more excited about, uh, you know, Swaggerty much more excited about uh, some of the other outfield prospects that the Pirates have down there. And uh, yeah. we'll see what happens. I think he will get some, some time up this year, especially if he plays well in, uh, in triple a, but if he doesn't play well in triple a this year, I yeah. don't know. Then I'm I'm super worried about him ever materializing into something of value. What's uh, what's your take on him? Yeah. My take 
I have a couple of shares and I'm disappointed because I needed him to win a job this spring. But like you were saying, it, it might be a manipulation thing, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but I, I, I'm right there with you, all those points that you made. I agree. Yeah. Not being able to make that team is a little a little concern. So, <laughs> yeah, right, dude. That team right now, today, I think the future is bright. Or yeah. Brighter. Yeah. No, we'll, we'll get ourselves into a window. And I mean, hey, Brian Reynolds is hitting well again. And that's nice to see because yeah. he, he definitely was not good last year after, you know, after a, after a heck of a rookie season. But it's just, you know, we're still – and I mean, what are you going to do after the Pirates? I mean, honestly, I love every game that the Orioles win. I want them to win as many games as possible. I want to get that first pick for next year and go back-to-back Jack Leiter and Elijah Green. I want that very badly. But – you know, we're still running out Gregory Polanco because we're paying him a bunch of money. We'll see how long that goes on. Um, Reynolds is out there. Philip Evans is out there. You know, so we've we've paid these guys to to play, and we're we're it's a lot of minimum salary stuff. And the service time is real. I mean, until we're out of this mode of being in in Major League Baseball, it's going to make sense for a team like the Pirates, or frankly any team, to to keep that guy down for. I read a tweet. I can't remember who it was by today. Maybe it was by Joe Doyle. Um, but it was if the Rockies had kept Trevor Story down for nine more days in 2016, they had they would have him through 2022. And how much different that could that could you know make things. So service time obviously needs to change because it's a horrible system that doesn't doesn't help the on field game for the major leagues and doesn't get guys to the major leagues when they should get to the major leagues. But you also can't blame someone for working within the rules that is going to allow them to, uh, sure. to prosper and be better. So, yeah, I, w- I wanted to see more from Oliver this spring. I wanted to see him, I wanted yeah, to see him too. ask the question, you know what I mean? Force the issue a little bit. And there was none of that. There was none yeah. of that at all. So right. he's just someone I'm a little down on. Um, I don't even necessarily think it's a good time to, to trade the shares of him. Cause I don't think you're going to get very much. Um, Cause you know, like right. you said, if you can't make that team, what are we talking about? Yeah. And so, you know, it's, you're probably still holding on to see, see what happens when the, when the, when the call up does go down, but I'm not dumping, I'm not dumping, I'm not giving up, but yeah, it's not, it's not part of the plan. Yeah. Well, and I, 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 I'm still big. (laughs) And like, you know, just to get back to your dude as well, like I'm still a big magical guy. I'd like, he's got a very unique skill, you know, and and I like, I like unique skills when it comes to fantasy players, because it's, 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 I don't know, it's half the fun is sort of getting, getting those unique guys. And he's, he's an interesting one. And I I think we give him some more time. And if LaRusa doesn't take him out and he should turn into the player we, we thought he was going to, and that, that might not be a fit. Like I said, I'm just more down for like, I was really excited for this year with him and I'm just a little worried about that. I'm not down on him dynasty wise. Yeah. But right now it's just a little, there's, there's some red flags going up is what you're saying. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. But one guy that I am down on both short term and long term is uh, Mackenzie Gore. Ooh. Mr. Mackenzie Gore. Some people call him the best pitching prospect in baseball. Nate, why do you hate Mackenzie Gore? They do. They do. Um, So I'm not saying this is Mackenzie Gore and his likelihoods, but 
I think this is the the ballpark, the baseline of expectations we should somewhat start with. From 2000 to 2015, prep pitchers drafted in the top five. Small sample size, 11 of them. Six of them made the big leagues. One was a top 100 fantasy player, ADP-wise. Just talking peak ADP. Three were top 200. Any guess who they might be? Uh, what was the year? 2016? Years, 2000, draft years, 2000 to 2015. The only one I can think of that's uh, that's in the tops is going to be Clayton Kershaw. Well, he 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 was a sixth overall pick, if I remember correctly. I was oh. just looking, I was just looking at top five. Okay, mm. Jameson Jameson Talion. Okay, Brandon Morrow and Dylan Bundy. Not saying that's what Gore is going to end up being, but. The, just to begin with, the odds are, I mean, those, those are kind of your odds. Those are, since, since that, after that sample, you're, we got Ian Anderson in 2016, Riley Pints, Hunter Green, and then Gore. So, I mean, Ian Anderson, that's been a success, right? For now. Yeah, for now. Success yeah, for now. But then you're looking at, I mean, what's the, how many, how many of these prep pitchers are, it, I mean, I won't deny Gore's fastball slider curve change combo i mean it's the the raw the raw and the, the raw stuff is I and mean, i think it's there but is this guy harnessing any of it is the most important parts of pitching there i mean the moves that the padres made i think were kind of telling and and i'm saying that i'm down on him and i'm out on him just kind of a Right now might be your peak trade value for Gore. I would take it. I would take what I could get. So yeah, that's my that's my Gore. Yeah, I mean, I think it's. I, I mean, I think it's. It's, it's all good points. I watched a, a few McKenzie Gore starts, uh, sort of in the last couple of months leading up to the season, just to try to get a handle on what all the hype was about. And I mean. One of the things that I, I think he does have, which you mentioned, that a lot of prep pitchers don't, um, is, is like a pretty diverse arsenal, right? A lot of prep pitchers are, are drafted on the strength of a fastball and maybe one breaker and like, yeah. hey, let's hope we can develop a change. Um, I, as much as I'm not a scout, you know, and all those things, I, I watched score starts and I, I wasn't blown away. And there's going to be an aspect of expectation there that's, you know, if someone tells you that this movie is the best movie of all time, you're going to walk into the theater with a little bit of a different perspective than if you literally knew nothing. So it's hard to get around that. But I wasn't blown away by Gore. And I think when I, if he can, you know, it seems like there's a lot of velocity teaching going on in the major leagues right now there's just it seems like teams are finding out that well finding out discovering whatever you want to call it that they're able to tease out a little bit more velocity from from some of their pitchers if he can get a few more of those ticks on the fastball and he can still command it like he does i like it but he's 
he's looking to me to be more of a, I don't know how high the ceiling is going to be. And I think the idea of, you know, him being sort of a bona fide fantasy ace or even a bona fide, eh, I mean, maybe he's like a, he's got feel. Can he use his pitch as well? And can he deal with adversity when it comes? Because that's the one thing that I saw in both of his starts is that when things didn't go well, he didn't go well either. And that was something that stuck out to me. And that's, that goes that that's also goes back to age. You know what I mean? He hasn't, if you are the, if you are a top five prep pitcher taken in the major league baseball draft, chances are you haven't done anything but strike out 10 to 15 guys per game for a couple of years. Do you know what I mean? Like they, they just put up video game numbers in their, uh, in their ranks and they don't necessarily face the top competition that the college guys do, or even some of the, you know, even some of the, the prep guys that, that play on some, some of the, the, the circuits and play on some of the teams, the USA teams and stuff like that, like a peak or Armstrong did this year or whatever, um, or yeah. previous years. So, I mean, I think, yeah, you're right though. The numbers are against him. We'll see how his arm holds up. We'll see if the, if the velocity is an issue, but I mean, yeah, they, they definitely didn't, set themselves up to bring him up this year. They sort of went for broke to bring in every pitcher available that wasn't Mackenzie Gore. And yeah, maybe and that's like what, one thing that I, and I don't really necessarily know my process and how I go about evaluating this, but to be a major league, a successful starting major league pitcher, the level of consistency it, is unbelievable. That's why you hear so many guys talk about their routine, how they go about all of that, and they're very meticulous about it. And at such a high level, I mean, you, you can see it with, with some of the best pitchers in the game right now. They they have those, they have their days, you know, where it it has to be synced up, clicking, the the muscle memory stuff, like a three hundred game in bowling has to be on all the time and these young guys that don't show that don't make me feel good so i don't know if he's that kind of guy i don't know he's still what he's 22 so i'm not like saying he's done but i think he's done at this value yeah I, I think i think you know you know something we, we touched on last week but but this week it's definitely relevant with gore you might it like and it, it might be hard to say peak value, right? Because I think Dylan Bundy's a great example. Destroyed sure, the minor sure, league, sure. destroyed the minor leagues. You know, had had a crazy amount of, uh, of helium. Everyone thought he was going to come and, and save the franchise, right? And he came up, and he was not that, right? Maybe peak value as a prospect would be. No, no, exactly. But I think that's sort of the point. Is right now might be the most valuable time to trade Mackenzie Gore for the next five years. And he might turn into or do what Dylan Bundy has done now, but it might take a trade yeah. and many years of being poor, of many years of, of being substandard. So, you know, trading Gore right now to try to get a haul to support the current year's run definitely yeah. could be a savvy move. And then when he falters, trade for him back three years later and see if he can put it all together as a 27, 28-year-old, which is when we're right. seeing a lot more pitchers really yeah. put it all together. I, I forgot to mention one pitcher from our sample there. Ooh. Uh, Denver's own Luke Hakvar. Hakvar. I don't. I don't remember how to say his name. It was a while ago. Yeah. 
Hokobar? Oh, I don't know. He I, turned I, into a he turned into a reliever for the Royals. Yeah. But yes. Yeah. No, but I think I think the the name that that sticks out to me on that list you said is Riley Pint. You know, Riley Pint is just oh, he's a giant yeah. dude. He can flame throw, and I don't think he's ever really gonna be good. Um, yeah, and that's what you're chasing with the prep arm who, who yeah. throws massive no, heat. Yeah, I like to think that, I, I, and I do believe that organizations are smarter now with this stuff than they were then. But yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Not a guy that I'm very confident in. Yeah, man. Um, well, I'll, I'll move on to another guy that I'm down on while we're in the doldrums here. Uh, and that is, and it's really not a secret, but. I'm just way out on Carter Keyboom right now. I mean, it, he, again, a situation where you would think you'd be able to crack that team. You know, the Nationals are in sort of a retool. I don't really call it, want to call it a rebuild because that's not what they're doing, but they're retooling. And he just continues to not perform. And I, he even got LASIK surgery and that gave me like a little jolt of hope. It's like, oh, well, your vision is perfect now, so maybe that should help with hitting baseballs. And it's just not there. And the Nationals are in a weird place where, you know, they're trying to acquire talent. They brought in Schwarber. They brought in Bell. They still have that pitching core that did so well for them in the World Series run. And granted, it's a little bit different than it was, you know, then or whatever. And Corbin's got COVID right now, so it's who knows what's going to happen. But the Nationals are just in a weird place where they don't really, they can't really decide which way to go, and they keep stacking talent that can't play defense. In any way, you know, yeah. Key Boom for me is just someone who I'm just, I'm not, I'm not acquiring, I'm not taking a flyer on him. He's someone that I'll be happy to pay for five years from now if he ever puts it yeah. together. Yeah, I don't like that dude. Doesn't offer enough other things to strike out 49 times in 138 at bats. Oh man, that is a number. Yeah, that is you. a number. Yeah, there's not too much to say. Performance hasn't been there. It's not like I'm reading between the lines. He's just been bad. And I think you know, if you uh, if you have some shares, you can get some for him. You can bulk him up and package him with a couple other players to get something that's uh, actually performing at the major leagues. I think you should. I think you should. Yep. Yeah. Well, all right. Let's 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 turn it back up. Who? Uh, yeah, who's let's someone get happy. Up on? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll go with uh, this is. This is a mystery still to me, but one I'm excited to learn more about. And I think I mentioned him last week very briefly, uh, but uh, Connor Grahams of the Diamondbacks. So this pitcher, he, well, hasn't been a pitcher for very long. Very raw, uh, didn't pitch much in college. Fifth round pick. I think he got about 15 innings in the Northwest League in 2019, and I watched all of them. I think, well, all that were available to me, which I think was all of them. Um, back then, back then, it seems like not back then, but it does. Yeah. Just a dude, just a guy sitting on the mound, taking a little step back and throwing 100 miles per hour. Very raw looking. A thrower. Okay, whatever. Cool. But then uh, some video has come out on him and some, what was it? I think, instructs, uh, whatever. Maybe it was old site stuff. You know, I don't know. But, I mean, this dude, he looks like a pitcher now. He's got totally different presence, 
He's got a, a wind up. He looks, he looks in control of things. Doesn't just look like a guy hucking. He's still hitting a hundred. Reports the slider curve change might be coming along nicely. He's got good size. Now the views of these videos that I've seen, I don't, you don't get a real good look at the pitches and movement and stuff like that. But just what, a guy that I'm just very excited about to see. And he was free absolutely everywhere in my deeper leagues, and I got him everywhere. So, yeah. yeah. Do you think you think he's going to end up uh, a starter or reliever, or if you had to bet? I mean, I. It's a profile that seems that seems to say reliever, right? But they aren't they aren't pigeon pigeonholing him into that. They're still developing him as a potential starter. Um, so I don't know yet to be determined, but I don't really something like that. A guy where I'm just getting free in all my big leagues. I don't care if he becomes a reliever, if he's a good reliever. Yeah. So. No. Yeah. I mean, and I like, you know, just looking, it's when you say like he hasn't been pitching forever, you know, it's sort yeah. of a, it's a new thing he's messing around with. And he, the early returns in 2019 for, for some of the stuff he did was, was, was solid. And he's not, you know, usually you see some of these guys that are new to pitching, but have really, really live arms. And maybe they, they might strike out, you know, 12 guys per nine, but then they're going to walk seven dudes per nine or eight dudes right. per nine. It's just, it's just, it's, you have no idea where it's going. And he's not really that, you know, he's, 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 he's got some walk issues for sure, but it's not catastrophic. It's not so problematic that, I mean, give him some time to, to, to grow into his skills. I mean, Hackman yeah. Fangrass tosses a 70 future on his fastball and a 70 future on his slider. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. And Sweet. they are, they're usually a little bit stingy with stuff. Um, so if he can, if he has that type of devastating fastball slider combo, it seems like at the very least he's a, he's a high K reliever. Um, yeah. And if he can develop anything resembling a third pitch, I mean, man, even if he doesn't, maybe he's just a two, three inning starter, you know, yeah. maybe he's the, he's the new wave type of thing, but yeah, Graham's is someone that I, uh, I actually picked him up in a couple of those, those dynasty best balls, uh, for prospects Sweet. live because he, again, you know, those, those are deep leagues. Um, and he was available and he was sort of coming out of nowhere, like you said. And yeah. I, I was like, yeah, I'll take a flyer on him. Cause I think, he could come up as a reliever and provide a little bit of value for, for a format like that, but he's definitely someone to watch. And it's always interesting when guys are new to, to doing something, um, but they do it well and how they can get, uh, I don't know, hated on a little bit because they aren't good immediately. You know, they're going to take a longer time. Like Connor Grahams is uh, he's, he's, he's still young, man. He's 23. Yeah. So give him a year, two years you could definitely have like a power, power reliever or, you know, sort of like a piggyback and starter, uh, yeah. you know, type of profile that doesn't have a lot of mileage on the arm. And if he's nothing, no problem. Exactly. Yeah. You got him for, for, for tiddlywinks. Yeah. 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 Connor Graham's definitely a name to watch. Definitely a name to watch with that, with the high strikeout potential. Uh, it's sort of in a similar vein, but not really at all, uh, is a guy I'm high on because I seem to just be really – I feel a trend in my uh, in my fantasy baseballing, which is just being content to stack high K, high leverage relievers and see what happens. 
And granted, I don't think Michael Kopchak is going to be someone who stays in the bullpen, much like I don't think Garrett Crochet is someone who's going to stay in the bullpen. But the dude is looking great. And he is he's been, blown. He's been their best pitcher so uh, this week. Just, yeah. Like in, in regards to winning some games, he's been their most important pitcher, I think. Yeah. No, he's he's been very good. And again, opportunity, right? He's already in the majors. He's already blowing away hitters out of the pen. He's showcasing the stuff. He's not taxing the arm too much. And then if, uh, if a couple dudes go down with injury, he might get the call to all of a sudden be a starter. And yeah. it definitely – they want to be. They want to be careful with, with he and Crochet's innings. I don't. I think. I think even with injury. I think it's got to be later in the year for them to, maybe, get some starts out of those guys going. And I could. Yeah. I could. I could maybe see like some point too where they're kind of tandem starting those two. Potentially. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, toss them each out there for for two three innings max. You know, yeah. get yourself six innings of dominance. But yeah. Um, I don't know what's been more up and down. Copex kind of ancillary things going on or my love-hate relationship with him in Dynasty. <laughs> I've been in and out. And I was out. Now I'm back in. But interesting guy. I yeah. Know. Yeah. I don't know. Talk about that, that consistency stuff. It might be a little different. It might, might not be physical with him, but I, I don't know. I wonder, I wonder mentally how, how consistent he can stay. I'm hoping. Yeah. I mean, obviously I'm a fan. I'm pulling for him. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's still, and he's still super young. Right. And that's, yeah. uh, well, that's... How, how old is he? Let us hit it. I feel like, I want to say he's 20. Yeah. So he's, a month away from being 25. Okay. To me, that's young. Man, he's, I mean, he's just been young. around. He's just been around for so long. Yeah. As a as a prospect. Oh yeah. He. I mean, he was pitching in 2014. He's another prep arm. Yeah, but and, and he, I think he's a great example of the opposite of what I'm fearful of with a lot of prep guys. I mean, he and you hear him say it, he he was just up there. He just wanted to throw a ball harder than anybody else. And that was that was this thing for a while, but he, I mean, he's definitely made huge strides being a pitcher. And he, he, he doesn't try to, he'll reach back and go for it still, but he's wiser. You know? Yeah, no, it's that's 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 the young man's game. That's the that's yeah. the invincibility of youth, the folly of youth, or whatever. To just think like, oh, I'll be I'll be able to do this forever. I can blow everyone away. I mean, that, that is to me one thing that, you know, Gore does, like I sort of said, have going for him is that he is not, he's not put it all together yet by any means. Don't get me wrong, but he's not just a thrower and he doesn't yeah. think of himself as a thrower. And that's pretty obvious when you watch him pitch, but that doesn't sure. mean he's figured out the sequencing. That doesn't mean he's figured out his own arsenal. Um, yeah. And he's got above average feel, but anyway. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I think Kopchak is a great example of what can happen to a prep pitcher. If you're going to draft him in the dynasty league you might have to wait seven years for him to hit the major leagues. Then you might have to wait another year or two for him to get out of the bullpen. And then, Hey, you got a very good pitcher by the time they're 28, 29 years old. I'd love to know the percentage like rosters that he's on right now, the percentage that drafted that guy first year. <laughs> it's It's gotta be very, very low. Very low. I would think. Yeah. Someone, someone definitely cut bait on him. I mean, yeah. at a lot of, I mean, 
there was a lot of time to cut bait. But yeah, man, his actually his numbers remind me a lot of. Well, no, he had some. Ooh, man, some some walk issues back in the day, but. Oh yeah. And he, then he also struck out fourteen per nine at a stop for Boston. Yeah. So, you know, that was when he was trying to throw it harder than anyone else, I guess. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, I will. Uh, I'll move on to my last guy that I'm up on before I end on a down note. And that yeah, is, I'm, ex- I'm excited to hear you talk about him. Yeah. I mean, he's someone that sort of snuck up on me, snuck up on the league, I think, but to me, he seems like he's going to be a success story. And that is JT Brubaker of the pirates. And the reason I wanted to talk about him, not only that I, I sort of like a lot of his arsenal, you know, I like, He's got sort of a weaker fastball in terms of shape, but he's got some secondaries that are solid that he can get some swings and misses on. He seems to be a pitcher that's going to have a little bit more mm, ability to go deeper into games as he matures a little bit. Fought some walk issues in his first start, but there was one pitch that, I mean, made me like jerk my head left to make sure I was looking at the screen the right way. And I had to rewind it a couple of times. And it was a fastball to Joey Votto. And he got Joey Votto looking, striking out. And he struck out six guys in this game. And he only went four innings. And he walked four. But he struck out six. And that, that to me was, that to me was indicative of, of, of some good things happening. Because he definitely was striking out some good hitters. But the fastball that he threw to Votto, had an incredible amount of arm side run on it. And it was the kind of fastball that he threw and Votto identified it as way too inside. And then it just slid right over the plate. And I mean, it was one of those ones where the veterans like, no, tip my cap. I'm going to get out of here. Cause I just got played. And uh, you know, Brubaker, he's the kind of sort of, he hasn't done anything in the minor leagues to blow anyone away, but he also has never been, really bad you know like early on he had some he had a couple of spots that were not amazing but he's just been putting in solid season after solid season after solid season never being incredible never being super bad and the the walk numbers that he exhibited as he came up are much better than even what he put in last year when he you know he struck out a guy per nine and uh i i think that's the kind of thing that he can do for you this year and he's going to be discarded because he's a pirate and he's not going to, you know, if you're, if you're playing with wins and losses, he's, he's not going to be your, your bet for that. But in, if you're really just playing maybe in an auto new, or maybe you're playing in a, in a league format that just prioritizes uh, skill-based performance and not outcome-based events. Brubaker to me is just someone, and he's 27. So he's not some young guy. He's, he's sort of coming into his, uh, his arsenal seems like the development staff in Pittsburgh is really helping guys get the, especially guys with slightly weaker fastballs that he really helping guys turn the corner to understand how to use their best weapons. Um, you know, when it, when it, when it comes to pitching and so turning from a, you know, from a, a thrower to more of a pitcher. And I, I don't know, I like, uh, I like the slider quite a bit. He's, you know, it's very early, but he, he used the change up more in the, in that game as well. But man, I'll tell you that fastball really opened my eyes and it's one pitch. So I don't want to freak out, but when it happens against a hitter of Joey Votto's caliber and Joey Votto's craft, 
right? Like Joey Votto's not amazing, but he's also not the kind of guy to get just get completely fooled on a on a called third strike on a fastball. Yep. So so yeah, um, Brubaker is yep. someone that I just think in a year where we're going to need innings, he could just sort of slide in sneakily yep. and give you a solid one twenty. You know, yep. strike out a guy per nine, mid four ERA, solid. He- he is actually my most owned pitcher in my leagues. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it was not any anything more than uh, I needed a start and this guy was available and, hey, okay. I mean, I knew a little bit about him, but I wasn't like – and uh, I, what other than like what, one of his starts, two of his outings last year, I mean, he, he crushed it. I think he got blown up a couple of times. Uh, and then that, and then he was like kind of a guy that after the season, I was like, okay, like let me look at this, let me look at this dude a little bit. And then I think I took him in TGFBI. And, yeah, uh, and he's got home run. Issues. He, he's got some home run issues, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and that sort of comes with a little slightly weaker fastball, um, or at least yeah. what he what he was throwing last year. So yeah, he gave up seven runs in a in a start to the White Sox, which I'm, you probably saw where he gave up a couple of bombs, and then the last start of the year. He wasn't very good. He gave up five runs to uh, to Cleveland. He also gave up two home runs then. But yeah. just going off last year, and granted, he he ramped up. So a lot of these starts are you know three innings. But um, he had a stretch there where he went one, two, three, four, five, five of five of six starts were two earned runs or less. Yeah, he struck out six guys. One, two, three you know, three times when he's only pitching four, four or five innings walks are relatively low, you know, his ground ball percentage uh, is not anything crazy, but it's, you know, 40, 43, 46% last year is his average exit velocity allowed was 87.1. So he's, he's flirting, you know what I mean? He's, he's pitching and he's working with his secondaries. And I think he could be just a, all right, maybe don't throw your fastball nearly as much, drop that down into the, you know, 42% and up that change up and work on the separation and rely on that slider. Oh. And I mean, there, there's, there's a little bit more than meets the eye with Brubaker. And I feel like the pirates are a place where you can easily just not worry. You can be like, oh, I'm not going to worry about that team. I can't get any value from them. But yeah, again, like with Brian Reynolds, with even a guy like Colin Moran and some of these deeper leagues, they're starters. They're going to play. They're going to hit Adam Frazier. Great example. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and they had, they had a lot of dudes fall on their face in 2020, like a Kevin Newman after a solid rookie year. And, you yeah. know, if you just need starters who are going to play for your super deep leagues, yeah. it might be a real nice clearance rack over there in Pittsburgh. That is what Pittsburgh is. <laughs> Major league baseball's clearance rack, except for Brian Reynolds, who I love. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's a Brubaker. I just, you know, I, high on him, maybe is maybe it's the wrong way to say it, but it's just someone that don't discount as someone who can give you value on a week to week basis. Someone who can steal you some K's, uh, someone yeah. who can pitch you a quality start type of thing. Yeah. And he's not necessarily going to go up against the greatest offenses in the NL central a lot of the time. So there's going to be some favorable matchups. Like that first matchup was for Cincinnati and outside of Nick Castellanos, you know, there's Cincinnati with the ballpark is a concern. And they definitely have the ability to put up some runs, but it's not the greatest lineup from top to bottom. Um, yeah. It's not bad. You're right. It's not bottom third, but you know, it's yeah. anyway, uh, the, the Cubs, the Brewers, you know, the Cardinals, these are good teams, but not great offenses. And so I feel like you can get, yeah, you can get some decent matchups anyway. Um, no doubt to get Brubaker in there. So yeah, 
JT Brubaker, don't don't forget about him. I like it. Uh, last guy that I will be down on, and it's kind of piling on a little bit, maybe. But uh, Leody Leody Tavares got me a little bit excited. I don't think as excited as it kind of got. He's swing and miss. He's always there. Uh, but the the four home runs when dude had never had more than eight when he had four in his little whatever spell with the with the Rangers last year. Uh, but I think yeah, I think that's what he's one for sixteen with eleven strikeouts. Uh, yeah, he could steal some bags and play good defense, and that you know is a great way to get into a lineup. And he's still young, but uh, I have zero shares now. Yeah, he, he, there was a lot of like, oh, Trent Grisham light this year, and he's going to lead off for the, for the Rangers. And it took about yeah. three games for all of that to just be completely destroyed. Yeah. Kiner, Kiner Falefa has installed himself as the leadoff hitter and is playing well and can get on base and can steal bags. You know, I yeah, it seems like um, – Man, it seems like a really short time ago that Leody Tavares was a way to get cheap steals and maybe he was going to, you know, be a little power speed option and yeah. opportunity. It may have uh, vanished in a puff of smoke. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how it ended up, but I know for a while this draft season, he was going significantly ahead of uh, Tapia. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not buying that. <laughs> but he, he was too expensive in redraft for any sort of speculative. speculative. Add yeah, pick. no, I agree. Um, I didn't have any shares because I, I tend to not get anyone who doesn't really have on base skills. I tend to get away from those guys as quickly as possible. So, yeah, and I try not to chase steals and give them too much a give them yeah. too much value because yeah. they can they can just vanish very quickly. Um, well, yeah, so, I will. Oh, uh, Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say, let's do uh, let's do your last down, and then we'll end with an, with the positive. Yes. Okay. My last down, as I know, it's a guy that I think you're down on as well with me. Maybe not as high as well. The industry. Anyway, we'll just say his name, Nolan Gorman. Uh, I'm just, you know, Nolan Gorman to me is a profile that I stay away from. He's just, uh, you know, all power, not that much contact. Seems like it's getting harder for him as he's developing. And, uh, you know, there were some rumors of him making the major league team or trying to learn a new position and stuff like that. But he's just a profile. It's a, it's a really high risk profile is, is what Nolan Gorman is. And I, I don't know, I think maybe not, not including defense, but maybe his best case scenario was a hitter sort of like Paul DeYoung, you know, maybe like a two thirty hitter who on a, on a nice year is going to hit 25 home runs and maybe he can hit 31 time, but, I just don't, I tend to not roster two thirty hitters and I tend to not give them too much value when it comes to, to prospect stock, because I just, the likelihood of him crashing out is very high with the lack of contact skills. But I also know you're, you're sort of, you know, you're, you're down on Gorman as well. What, what don't you like about Gorman? I mean, same, same as you. Uh, when I did the, the Cardinals top 50, I, I didn't even kind of realize this, but I don't even remember where I had him in their organization, but it, it was 11th. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I had, had him, him 11th. Yeah. Had him 11th. Yeah. Adam 11. And I, I didn't realize that. I didn't know that that was going to get some reaction, you know, which is fine. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. A, a prep guy, corner infield. Well, maybe he can play second. 
power is definitely there, but I mean, that doesn't really do much for me. There's lots of guys with big raw power. I don't like uh, Trevor, like Trevor said, um, tough league to hit in young guy playing, you know, younger than his competition. I'm not, I'm not saying he's, he's cooked, uh, but I just, I don't know. I'm not going to invest in him at that price. That yeah. dynasty price. No, I, I agree, man. He's going to be, you know, and to, to do the same sort of like little exercise with prep pitchers. We did 17 prep infielders drafted 11th through 20. Uh, Seeger of the Dodgers success story. Then you got like Brett Laurie, Addison Russell. That's been yikes. That's been the cream of that crowd. And kind of, I think pretty different profiles. Well, I don't know. Laurie maybe somewhat similar, but yeah, yeah. somewhat. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, like to think that he is going to be a fantasy stud, I think is a reach. Yeah, and I mean, he got, he definitely, I just, as much as, like, you can look at, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at his stats now, and he's not all stats, and it takes these guys longer to do all these things, but he's, sure. he's also a guy, in my opinion, that needs more reps to unlock whatever it is he's going to unlock, and so he's the type of prospect that with the, the off year or the alternate training site year, that I fade a little bit more than, than some other types of prospects simply because, you know, he really needs game speed action to try to, to yeah. get the most out of whatever skill set that he does have. And I just, you know, the BABIP was, was also super high at that high level and still didn't turn in too much output and the walks plummeted, you know, when he got to high A and yeah, I think what, you know, what, what, what Hoot said is, is appropriate, but at the same time, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't love what I see. And it's just the kind of guy that I tend to not roster because it's very boomer bust. And not only is it very boomer bust in the large picture, but it's boomer bust in the season. He's the kind of, he's the kind of like Joey Gallo, for example, when Joey Gallo is going good. Awesome. You're on top of the world. It's fantastic. You wake up, the coffee's already made. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. When Joey Gallo is not going good and he's hitting 100 and striking out 50% of the time, you are in a just a black cloud of misery because yeah. he's just tanking everything on your team, everything on your team. So that to me, like, I don't like that type of player. I, I Like, again, I, you know, I, I've been beating the drum on it or whatever, but I like that floor. I like that consistency. I will sure. trade. I will trade the potential of Gorman for something like just a singles machine, like a like a Madrigal, many, many, yeah. many times. Yeah. So the, yeah, the book is not closed. He's twenty. You know, yeah, yeah. like let's let's give him some some time or whatever. But I don't love it. I'm down on yeah. him, and his price tag is still too high. So that's yeah. sort of yeah. that's the take. Yeah. Last guy that I'm, uh, and this is not very exciting probably for most people, but uh, Chaz McCormick of the Astros kind of to what we were talking about earlier, maybe uh, small school, but he was a 21st round pick out of division two, but 
but he's the type of guy that if you're paying attention to like 40 man rosters and guys not on the prospect list, I think offers a somewhat exciting uh, fantasy profile if you're in a deeper league. And, and a guy getting some major league run right now. He can, he walks more than he strikes out, makes good contact. He's got some pop, probably can chip in, steal some bases. He can play plus corner outfields and probably get by and play an all right center field. I don't know if you want him there every day. Uh, and what, who's playing center field there now? The, the Miles Straw, right? Straw is, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's room. Maybe there's an outfield spot. But just put a guy who's getting some run who I think could maybe make a push for more. And uh, it was kind of fun in the prospect one room. Some guys were joking around with me. Like, all right, who's the next Germinator, Nate? Who's it going to be? And I'm just – I'm like, oh, well, nobody. But uh, I like this Jazz McCormick guy. And then, like, an hour later, he hit, like, a three-run homer or something like that. But he's got a, a three-run homer and an RBI double this year. He's coming yeah. in late in some games. I think he got one start so far. Yeah. He's kind of a, a deeper league guy. And if you play in a league that has, like, specific outfield spots, might be a guy – and it's like a daily league or something. I don't know. I think he's a little bit interesting. I'm glad to see him on the team. Yeah, man. And he's, uh, I think, you know, when you say he's exciting, the reason he's exciting is because you got him for nothing. Yes. You know what yes. I mean? And he, that's, and can, the, that's the most exciting part. <laughs> yeah. Getting him for free and he could turn into something useful. And yeah, I mean, it's, again, it's opportunity. He's on the 40 man. He's going to get some burn. If there's an injury, maybe he's all of a sudden a starter. And, uh, I, yeah, un, unheralded pedigree. Any D2 guy is going to have that for the most part. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, there's, there's, there's a lot to sort of like, especially in the deeper, the deeper world. And I took him – I didn't take him, but someone else grabbed him in, uh, in the draft and stash league that, that Shearer puts on. Were you a part of that? No, I was not. Uh, I feel but, like you would like that. Yeah, uh, but I was definitely chatting. There was a little group that I'm in of some – some other writers and uh, hardcore dynasty players, and they were in it, and they're just kind of. I, I I knew some of what was going on there. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I was I was pretty pleased in that to get Kai Tom, and that's turned out to uh, ah, to yeah. lead to a lot of games played. I think that's going to be good. I've yeah. had a lot of people ask me about Tom, and I, I I don't know. I don't pretend to know a whole lot. It's not a guy that I've delved into very deeply, but. He's a little bit of a, a popular topic in those kinds of formats. formats. Yeah. He's a grinder. He's like a true Oakland A man. I mean, he's just like, he reminds me a lot of David Eckstein just yeah. in like getting the most out of the skills he brings to the table because he's like, you know, putting and out, pitches. The, putting out energy. Yeah. He's, 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 <laughs> so yeah, I, uh, I, I like, I like Ty Thomas. Happy I got him there. A couple other dudes, but yeah, McCormick is, Someone to pay attention to uh, when it comes to the deeper stuff because he's on the forty man. And he's going to get some time, so yeah, it's not a not, not a crazy thing to uh, to be high on. Yeah, like like we said, there's always that like Jared Walsh and Cronenworth and those kinds of guys. They they appear. Yes, the only way you can be a good major league player at some point is to actually get a chance to hit in the major yep. leagues. Yep. That's really what it comes down to. Well, sweet, man. Um, we have uh, talked with prospects for a good while, so I'm actually going to forego the prospect survivor tonight so that oh. we don't have a two-hour pod. Oh, yeah, don't worry. I'll have, you, I'll have you back on. I feel like if we get into prospect survivor, it's, it's we, we got yeah. a two-hour pod on our hands real quick. 
Um, and uh, really, I just need to go look up all the news on Cattell Marte so I can sleep tonight. Oh, oh, can I squeeze in one last thing? Oh, please. I forgot to mention. If uh, if you were to trade Mackenzie Gore right now, ooh. What do you think about a package involving like uh, I don't know Chris McMahon and let's say like uh, Hudson Haskin? Would you do it? I think I'm out on that because Chris McMahon is currently on the Rockies. Yeah. Fair enough. That Fair to enough. me, like I, I, Chris McMahon, if Chris McMahon was was had been drafted by. I don't know the Angels. Literally any other team, frankly. I think uh, I I think you could if I if I could get a if I could get a nominal major league bat, would that uh, change things? I mean, I do like Haskin. I guess the thing about that for me would be, I think you can get more because of what what Gore is. It might end up when all the chips are are sort of settled it might end up being fair value, but I think if you're trading Gore yeah. now, what you're trying to do is not sure. get fair value. Sure. So that'd be my only thing there is that I think you could probably get two or three more guys that are of that middle level that might pop that are not necessarily sexy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd love to toss like a, like a, I mean, as a piece of prep bat, but who knows what it's going to be yeah. the Evan, Evan Carter for, for Texas or something like that. Just get a few more lottery tickets yeah. in there. Yeah. Or or a few more sort of you know unsexy floor guys and uh, chances are Evan. you'll you'll come out ahead. You like Evan? I love Evan Carter. I mean, yeah. love might be strong, but I I love his upside and his what his price has been this first year player draft season. Nothing no, because he's a guy no that yeah. There's he's a guy that we don't have very much intel on. He lost his high school season and he apparently was really good at instructs, but like you know, so was everyone. Um, and I, and I think and I think some older video was the the basis of some stuff, and there were some newer things that came out. And yeah, well, sorry, I'm I'm dragging oh, on here. You're you're good, dude. I, I love him and Carter too. Apparently, he's, yeah. he he walked more than he struck out at the instruct uh, in instructs, and uh, he is a young whippersnapper to be doing yeah. that sort of thing. So I talked with a guy, uh, chatted briefly with a guy from the Rangers, and he was. He said that he might be the most impressive teenager he's seen uh, with them, but he hasn't been there very long. Yeah, that's true. Well, we'll see, uh, man. Definitely a name to keep it, keep tabs on. It'll take him a while to get to it, but yeah, he's also like just 17 now. I think that the, the birthday stuff is working in his favor for being hyper young. Yeah. The, the Gore thing, I would, I think I would take that trade, but you're, you're absolutely right that you can get more. You can but get I want, more. But I don't want to be, I don't have to be, greedy all the time not all the time but if, if it's a guy who's being tossed around as the top pitching prospect in baseball you know just get a get a few yeah, first yeah. get a few picks you know get something fair. in the future fair enough yeah all right dude well um that is pretty much what we have tonight uh we're gonna forego prospect survivor so that you know we don't have our listeners just sitting in the car in their driveways for an hour as dinner gets cold on the table as i'm sure everyone is listening to us but yeah, man, I appreciate you coming back on the pod. It's good to have you on again. And uh, we'll, we'll definitely do this more and more. And I uh, yep. can't wait to get back to some minor leagues. And oh, we're going to the Futures game potentially if you can get the time off work. 
Nate yep. and I are going to go and be at the teachers game in the Colorado Rockies stadium Coors field. Cause we just got that all-star game. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm almost like the all-star game for me is almost like something like I almost take, I love the break in the middle of the season. I'm like, Oh yeah, dude, go play your exhibition game. I'm just going to like relax for a second. But now that it's here, I want to go to the futures game. I don't really care about the Derby or the, or the all-star game. You know, I, all that stuff, like whatever, I'll watch it on TV. It'll be fun. But the yeah. Futures game, I'm definitely excited to to attend. And so yes. that is the plan right now, unless things go awry. Nate and I are going to head to the Futures game in Denver. And, uh, yeah, dude, that's super exciting. Yeah, never done such a thing. It would be awesome. Nor have I. When I was a season ticket holder for the Pirates, they uh, they had the All-Star game that year. But the, the guy I bought the season tickets from, he kept that game. And I was like, nah, it's fine, whatever. Yeah. No. It's all good. It's all good. But, yeah. Uh, well, that is uh, that is all I have for uh, for Nate Handy. I'm Kyle Brown. This is the On the Farm podcast. You can catch Nate on Twitter at the Needle Twelve. You can catch me at Caught Looking with a V instead of a U. And you can follow the pod at On the Farm PL. And you can follow that newly minted Nick Madrigal three thousand hit tracker at Mister Three Thousand. Look it up. I'm retweeting it all the time. No big deal. But Nate, man, have a good night. We'll talk to you soon. You too. Thank you. See you.